Chicago, where the fire serve cold, but the wolves and the hawks never shiver in the snow. The bulls keep it running, the Sox run the south, the Cubs run the north, but the Bears run the house. Chicago sports fans got the ears to the street. Any team make a move, and they never skip a beat. And in this house, this is where we be. Welcome to the show with E Rock and Big Z. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Chicago, coming from the True Chicago Sports Fan Cave, the home of the AL Central Division, Chicago White Sox. This is the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Episode 66 is brought to you by 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, ACSI, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF Podcast t-shirts. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TrueFan15 for 15% off your entire order. That is TrueFan15. Go and get your official TCSF shirts now. Go get them. <laughs> As always, I am Big Z and I'm here with my host, uh, my co-host, E-Rock, what of me. <laughs> What's good, Z? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Apparently, you forgot that I like to uh, talk shit while you're giving your intro, so yep. <laughs> that's yep. why it's always funny every week. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. If you are a first-timer or a long-timer, please remember to hit that subscribe button, that notify button, and go ahead and give us a review on your listening app of choice. And don't forget, you can support the show with a monthly subscription at anchor.fm slash true Chicago sports fans. Go on over there and click on support, and you can support subscribe to the show for as low as 99 cents a month listen are you a fan of the show do you like the show tell five of your friends and they'll tell five of their friends and so on and so on forever make sure you tell them about last week's zambrano episode with that epic greg maddox story i <laughs> uh, hope you guys caught that and make sure you share it with your friends z I heard you were at a game this week, man. How was that? How are you doing? What was that all about? Holy shit balls! This week was epic, epic, <laughs> epic. Obviously, bowling again this week. Uh, I went to a Mark Anthony concert on Friday. You know, danced my salsa nal- nalgas off. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't care about it. Like, tell me about the good stuff. Tell me about that White Sox game. Game that you were at, bro. three. Game three was ridiculous. Yeah, uh, just from hanging out in, in the neighborhood over at Cork and Carey, saw saw our people, a uh, great clothing company, hanging out with them for a little bit. Then headed over to nice. the ballpark. Um, it was nuts. Everybody, everybody was in black. You know, cue the music. You know, ACDC. Uh, everybody was in black. You go into the ballpark. It is electric from walking in. Everyone's chanting. Everyone's hungry to sit down and get this game started. And I don't think anybody sat down the entire nine innings and four hours and 30 minutes. It was a long, long game. But everybody was on their feet cheering every single pitch. It is an amazing feeling to have that electric atmosphere in the ballpark and i know you know what i'm talking about because you experienced it in 2016 yeah man i mean like i said i, I was just at my first Sox game a couple of weeks ago and i mean even as it was there you know it was it wasn't a really important game towards the end of the season but it was right. a lot of fun so i could just imagine what that was like to be there um and, and look from sitting here from home watching that game you know I, I shared a lot of the uh, anxiety as White Sox fans must have been feeling <laughs> yeah. when you're already down 5-1 to start the game. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I wasn't uh, 
I was a little nervous about the outcome, but uh, it was it was a nice uh, comeback for them to win because you know we already know that they're the they are the best AL center AL team at home yes, this season. So I think a little home cooking was definitely what they needed. Yeah, it really was, and um, also you know, and we'll we'll talk about this a little bit later in the show. But you had your boy Tapera calling out the yep. Astros for cheating, saying they're stealing yep. signs again, and that they're you know when they were at home. You know they were hitting everything, and now that they came to the White Sox park, um, yeah, y'all swinging and missing now. So take it as <laughs> yeah, you yeah. take, take it as you want. Yeah, man. I, look, I I was uh, I spent my week you know watching sports, of course, getting a little bit of taste of the new look Bulls in the preseason, mm-hmm. and you know back to softball. This is gonna be our last week of softball, uh, which is a little bit bittersweet for uh, the, considering the fact that we've been going pretty much since January. So uh, I'm gonna Jesus. miss my uh, I'm gonna miss my team and miss my my. Uh, my coaches and my players but uh, we'll be back soon in the uh, spring but for now it's football season that's right ladies and gentlemen fall is here and i know there's some of you out there looking for a new gig so let me tell you about a great opportunity with our friends over at acsi with over 50 expert technicians in the chicagoland area acsi offers a one-stop shop for telecom wiring whether residential cable installation fiber to the home or commercial structured cable wiring ACSI is a proud partner of Comcast and RCN. Let me tell you guys the most impressive thing about ACSI. During these hard times, the ACSI crew did their thing during the COVID-19 pandemic, and ACSI was awarded Hacia's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. The best part is that ACSI is growing bigger and better than ever. ACSI is now hiring for field sales technicians and project managers. Check out ACSI.tech, that's ACSI.tech, and click on Careers to apply today. Go get you a job. That's right. This week, the White Sox avoid the sweep coming back home all in black. The Bears take on Chucky and the Raiders. The Irish come back after last week's loss. And the Sky kick off the WNBA Finals. And, of course, stirring the pot. And what you looking at? But first, this is the Big Three with Big C. Thanks, U-Rock. I'm Big Z, and you're not. Now for today's stories. Of all the things that can cause a traffic jam, e, this happened in our home state, man. In Illinois, there was pro- <laughs> this is like at least expected. I mean, a pair of zebras. Please, it's not zebra, okay? It's zebra. Block traffic again. <laughs> yes, yes, zebras again in, t- in this week's stories. They block traffic after escaping a pumpkin patch in Pine Grove. The duo wandered onto a nearby highway several times and were spotted wandering around a nearby farmland. The male and female zebras escaped from a pen at Goldberg's pumpkin patch and apple orchard, according to the Associated Press reports. The animals were part of an indoor zoo exhibit. The zebras were spotted by drivers on Route 47 near Interstate 90. Local law enforcement was eventually called to the scene scene to chase down the animals. Police blocked traffic in the area to prevent any cars from striking the zebras and causing injury to the animals or motorists. The zebras were eventually caught after being chased for about two hours. The zoo and pumpkin patch employees were able to track the animals down using ATVs. Hey, man, what the hell is going on with all these zebras all over the world, man? 
Hey, listen up. Uh, they're black and they're white, and I appreciate that because so am I. So look, um, I've been to this place, this Gober's uh, Pumpkin Patch. Oh, I mean, it's shit. a cool place. It's a good place to take the kids. You get the, uh, you know, the, the apple picking and the uh, the pumpkins and all that good stuff and the spooky, scary Halloween stuff. So, look, it, it's a cool place. They got the petting uh, petting zoo for the kids and all that stuff. So it, it doesn't surprise me that the zebras looked for me, bro. That's what happened. They were trying to get a stint or trying to escape to find their people, and I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think you're the one letting these zebras out, man. That's, that's what I'm thinking, man. You know, you're black and you're white. You know, cue the Michael Jackson song. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> Story number two. Edward McKissick was an un- was so annoyed that a man was spitting while he while he was talking during a card game at a Southside hookah lounge. <laughs> he shot him to death. I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but it's oh. like this is ridiculous. He's, they shot him to death. This is uh, what the C- Cook County prosecutor said last month. McKissick was with his girlfriend playing cards when Mas- what? Ma- what's his name? Masaka? Masayak? Meshack. Meshack, bro. Ah, there you go. Meshack Richardson and his brother early Monday when uh, McKissick expressed frustration at the spit coming from Richardson's mouth. So he's a spitter. Yeah, I right. see that. <laughs> when Richardson stepped outside for a cigarette, McKissick followed, grabbed the gun from his waistband, and fired at Richardson while his back was turned away. Prosecutor said McKissick stood over Richardson's limp body and allegedly continued to fire outside the lounge in the seven hundred block of West Seventy Seventh Street. This is what prosecutor says. This is a wild story. I mean, it's it's spitting. So let me tell you something. Tomorrow is my one-year anniversary at my job, and uh, there was an issue uh, early on with uh, with you know making sure that you don't get any droplets and spittle and all that stuff. So I mean, like, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, maybe it sounds like he was trying to make sure he didn't get COVID or what, but uh, yeah, it, <laughs> I mean, it's a. You ever talk to somebody and they're like uh, accidentally or unintentionally spitting yeah, while it, they talk, man? That's disgusting. It is disgusting. You're like, all right, let me step another five feet away from you because you you got some range on that shit. I mean, I, I wouldn't shoot nobody over it, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe a punch, but Jesus, not shooting. That's, that's not worth it. All right, let's move on. Story number three. In the most grueling test of unbeaten career... Oh, In the most grueling test of his unbeaten career, Tyson Fury rose from the canvas twice in a disastrous round four to co- what oh, to co-author the most thrilling heavyweight title bouts in boxing history. In the third and final bout of their memorable trilogy, Fury shook off an early, uh, early damage to drop Deontay Wilder twice before finishing via a violent knockout punch in round number 11 to defend his WBC and lineal titles inside the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. This fight was nuts. It was nuts. It's, it was everything it was that you wanted in a heavy, heavyweight fight. Right, and and it's it was their third match, so you know that they they had some bad blood between them. Uh, oh yeah, remember the last fight that uh, Wilder came out wearing like that that weird um, I don't know um, Squid Game mask. Oh <laughs> God, yeah. that whole suit. Yeah, bro. So uh, you know he he thought he was the shit, but uh, he got the shit beat out of him. Look, it, it was a tight it was a tight match. Um, they were both kind of just beat the shit out of each other, 
And uh, yeah, I mean, look, Fury, he he's now 31 and 0 with 22 knockouts. I mean, he led the scorecards 95, 91, 94, 92, and 95, 92 at the time of the stoppage. And he was forced to overcome an almost inhumane amount of resiliency shown by Wilder, who is now 42 and 1 with 41 knockouts. Uh, it was their first fight since both of them, um, since they, they fought uh, in 2020. And Fury actually came out after the fight and talked about uh, his training and thanked his team. 100% night. I came into this fight tonight thinking, you can only do your best in life. And whatever's meant to be, whatever's destined, written in the stars for you will be. And that's it. I trained hard. I dedicated my life. And I, I got the victory tonight. And I just want to say thank you to God and thank you to all my team and all that. And it was a great, uh, great time. But yeah i mean you know he like i said they do have some bad blood and he did have a little bit to say about uh about his boy wilder after the fight as well and at the end you went over to see him what did you say to him he said well done and he said i don't want to show any sportsmanship or respect i said no problem is that what he said to you are you surprised by that very surprised sore loser an idiot because you're all about respect and, and he showed guts but not respect that's bizarre do you know what to be a top fighting man you gotta show guts and respect and he couldn't do it tonight and that was it. Does that really, does that really surprise you, Tyson? Would you like to have seen him just hold his hands up and say, I lost to the better man tonight, like I did last? Yeah, 100%, but he couldn't do it. So I'll pray for him. I'm just thankful that we all get out of the fight in one piece. And we go on to our lovely families, and that's it. You know, this reminds me of uh, Conor McGregor fight when... Um, you know, he mentioned, hey, we all got safe. We all went home safe to our families and right. stuff like that. So... You know, the, these dudes, uh, they're gigantic men. And there's a lot of animos animosity between the two. And, uh, you know, Fury still showed that class. And that's why people like him. He's an everyman. He's a big bastard. I mean, he's a giant. But he's definitely an everyman that fans can relate to. Yeah, that, that late knockout in the 11th round was, was ridiculous. And, um, you know, I was watching the fight and I was getting mad because... Um, just because a couple of things. I, I don't like the clinching. I hate the clinching. And there was a lot of uh, clinching and, and headlocks. And that just annoys me because it slows on the fight. But I get it. They're but you tired. Know what that's they're, about. Oh, yeah. They're tired and it's strategy. Yeah. 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 But that knockout where he, he almost went through the ropes, I mean, that was insane. He almost took his head off. I mean, this is this is one of them fights right there that can actually compete with MMA, with UFC. Because, I mean, like, you know, we watch UFC and you just see them get the shit knocked out of each other. And and, and you also get some of them stinkers where they do a lot of hugging. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think of a few fighters that are, are very guilty of that. But, uh, look, this is one of them fights where everyone who lo loves combat sports is watching because, you know, it's the third it's the third uh meeting between the two and they're big guys and it's always fun to see big guys beat the crap out of each other <laughs> it sure is <laughs> all right y'all let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors welcome back to the true chicago sports fans podcast with e-rock and big z yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is the loop our chicago sports roundup where we keep you in the loop this is chicago doors open on the left at chicago welcome to chicago welcome welcome to chicago welcome to chicago this is chicago doors open on the left at chicago 
Yo, E, what's going on with our beloved Chicago Bears? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. We hope that's not the case because the Bears took it to the Las Vegas Raiders last weekend with a 29 victory. They did it with staunch defense and a very good run game despite the fact that David Montgomery was put on the aisle last week with a knee sprain sustained in last week's win over the Lions. Matt Nagy came out and said that this was his favorite team win. Um, well, I'll start off by saying, number one, uh, just super proud of um, our players, our coaches, our fans, everybody. This was one of the one of my favorite uh, uh, team wins uh, because it was so complimentary. Uh, I think you, you especially think of that that third quarter, just going back and forth. You know, we talked about last night in the team meeting. We talked about it all week long. This was going to be a fist fight in the back alley, and uh, ironically, we're out here with that big fight last night. And I think uh, uh, you could kind of feel how that was going to go today. Uh, so our players um, just really stepped up to the plate uh, when they needed to at big time moments. And I just, uh, you know, I you can't pick any one person out. Just everybody did a good job. So you know, you notice that he alluded to that uh, Fury and Wilder fight that took place in Vegas the night before. Yeah, I hope they uh, watched that together and they got hyped up. I mean, I think I think that was the uh, after effect of the uh, of the fight. They came out and. Uh, they're ready to play. They're ready to go out to uh, Vegas and, and, and punch the Raiders in the face, and that's what it looked like. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, is that with Dave Montgomery on the shelf, the Bears turned to Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert, who combined for 143 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown by Williams. Uh, Justin Fields actually spoke about having the support of his team and not having to do it all by himself. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. Uh, I think it gets our offense going. I think it gets our O-line confidence that, you know, that we're moving those guys up front. So, um, like I said, if we can get the running game going like that every week, it's definitely going to open the offense up. So, I mean, yeah, the, the running game was a big part of this game. You know, we're, like, like you said, we don't have to rely on Justin Fields in his third career start to do everything by himself. Right, right. The biggest thing that we've been saying for the longest, I would say for the last two, maybe even three years, is that the run game is going to open up the entire field for you. Now you have a rookie quarterback. If he doesn't have the pressure of the world uh, of beating every single team by himself with his arm, he, he doesn't have to worry about that now because he's got a running game. And you can tell that this has been Bill's laser stamp right here saying, hey, we're going to run it. We're going to do all these different formations. We're going to take the pressure off you. Here, you might have to dink and dunk a little bit just to pull these linebackers in. And then we're going to throw over the top. And that's how you get the big plays. And you complement it with a running game. That is a winning formula. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that with a good, like I said, a third career start for Justin Fields, considering the fact that they got beat to a pulp in that first game against the Browns, he came up, he came back against the Lions with a couple of deep throws. They didn't have like these really big, flashy deep throws in this game. But, you know, Justin Fields did talk a little bit about gaining confidence the more he gets to play. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the more I play, the more confident I get, of course. And, you know, uh, you know, my teammates, uh, offense and defense, they, they help me keep that confidence and, um, you know, just, just, just keep myself going. So. so, you know, it was mentioned several times that Cleo Mack and Raiders quarterback Derek Carr are good friends going back uh, from their early days as teammates back in Oakland. But every week we're seeing my boy Roquan Smith become more and more of a leader on this team. He spoke about how good it felt to be uh, on the road and surprise a lot of fans with the, uh, with the win. 
Uh, it was huge. Uh, you know, not many people uh, had us doing what we did. So, uh, you know, there was a little, little adversity throughout the game, but uh, I felt like we came out and uh, did what we had to do to get the job done. It's, it feels great. Yeah, it also sounds like Club Dub is back. And uh, new, uh, new running back Damian Williams spoke about the uh, road win as well. Oh man, my blood's still going. I feel like I did more in the locker room just now than I did on the field or the dance that we was doing. But no, it was, it was a great team victory. You know what I'm saying? So we felt good. Felt great about this win. So what what I'm noticing is a trend where they all talk about it being a team victory, and I'm sure that's something that Matt Nagy talked about in the in the locker room. It's important, especially when you have a young guy behind center. To make sure that all of your cylinders are firing and that you can support him because he needs it. Now, we know that he's going to be a great player as far as we can tell. I mean, he's got the skill. It seems like he has the uh, um, the intangibles. Once he was announced earlier in the, in the week that he was going to be the starter going forward, he actually came out and he mentioned that his parents wanted to take him out to dinner. And they went out to dinner, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm gonna stay home. I'm gonna, I'm gonna study the play." So that was really impressive to me. Yeah, he's really uh, taking this leadership uh, role. Uh, you know, he's taking it to heart. Really, he's saying, uh, "This whole city has, the, I have the weight of the whole city on my, on my shoulders right now, and I can't let them down. I got that chip right. from not getting drafted as high as I, I was supposed to be drafted, and now I'm playing for one of the fr- franchise uh, marquee franchises, and." Now there's no restrictor plate on me. They've given me the whole team the rest of the way. It's on me. I'm gonna take responsibility. I'm gonna study this playbook inside and out. I want to sleep, eat, and drink Bears football. That that's what's up, man. I, I appreciate that, especially like 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 I've I've said before with the charter franchise of the NFL. When you are good, the whole league benefits from that because right. you got Bears fans all over the place. You got Bears fans in London because of when they went over there with the eighty five Bears. Now it was a great team win, and it was led by that strong run game. Of course, the defense who has absolutely shown signs of the Vic Fangio era, and it seems like Sean Desai has channeled his sensei because he has these boys. Like I said, they're firing on all cylinders. But, you know, the win was not without some controversy. During the week, it was revealed by the Wall Street Journal that Las Vegas Raiders head coach John Gruden used a racial trope in a 2011 email to describe NFL Players Association Executive Director DeMora Smith. Per the Wall Street Journal article, amid the 2011 lockout between the NFL and NFLPA, Gruden sent an email to then-Washington President Bruce Allen in which he wrote, Demoris Smith has lips the size of Michelin tires, referring to Smith, who is black. Wow. Um, he came out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he came out and uh, he addressed it during his post game press conference. All I can say is I, I'm not a racist. I don't uh, I can't uh, tell you how sick I am. I apologize again to, to, to D Smith, um, but I feel good about who I am and what I've done my entire life. And um uh, I apologize for the insensitive remarks. I had uh, no, uh, you know, I, I, I had no racial uh, intentions with those remarks at all. But uh, yes, they can. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not like that at all. But I apologize. I don't want to keep addressing it. You're going to have to keep addressing it, man. It, 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 what do you think is going to happen here? Um, how is that a not a racist comment? That is such a racist comment. I mean, what the fuck were you thinking? First of all, you said it back then, it's a racist comment. You say it today, it's still a racist comment. 
at the end of the day, apologize for what you did wrong and say acknowledge it was a racist comment that I made back then. I apologized to the person I made it about. I'm apologizing to everyone in my team, front office, and everyone going forward. I will do better. And that should be the end of the story. But don't be saying I'm not a racist. That's usually what racists say. You know, look, none of this really surprises me anymore. People think they can say or write whatever they they want and they can be absolved of it. And I have no idea what the league is going to do with him, if anything at all, considering this was nearly 10 years ago. But what the fuck, Chuck? I mean, I will never look at Gruden the same way again. And I wonder how many people knew about this prior to it coming out. You know what I mean? Like, how long was this sitting in there? It's just like, you know, the whole thing with Bill Cosby and R. Kelly and all this stuff. When there's smoke, there's fire. So you know that that there had to be something going on. But I mean, I don't think you know. We we don't know that much about Gruden's personal life, and and I just I, honestly I feel like sometimes people feel like when they are in mixed company, they don't know how to react. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to react around people of color. And uh, when they're not in mixed company, they'll just they let it fly. You know what I mean? And I've seen it. I, I've been around when I heard heard people say stuff behind me, and I'm like, yo, like. What are, you, what are you saying right now? You know there's other people that can hear you. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? And and, and it's it's really reactionary, and, and it's a shame that, you know, we still have to deal with this kind of stuff in this day and age. Yeah, it's, it's, let's just move on because it's just going to piss me off and it's going to piss you off. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the collegiate slate. What is up with the Golden Domers, Notre Dame, Fighting Irish? All right, Notre Dame fi- faced a tough Virginia Tech team, and for a while it looked like their chance at a Big Six New Year's Bowl game was on the ropes, but they came back with a late touchdown and a two-point conversion before kicking a game-winning field goal. Notre Dame knocking on the door. He's going to throw it, and right there at the goal line stop, but did he get in? He did. Touchdown. Notre Dame with a touchdown, Avery Davis. Cone takes the snap, looking, looking, rolling, looking, throws it, throws it up for grabs, and a catch is made. It's Austin in the end zone for two. That's right. The number 14, they stayed at 14 after this win. Uh, Number 14, Fighting Irish went into Blacksburg and picked up a big win last Saturday night, erasing an eight-point deficit in the final three minutes to beat the Virginia Tech Hokies by a score of 32-29 at Lane Stadium. After falling into an early 10-0 hole and making a quarterback change in the second quarter, uh, Tyler Buckner, the true freshman, came in and replaced starter Jack Cohn, and they gave the team a spark. Buckner went on to lead uh, them down to three touchdown drives, the last of which gave Notre Dame the 21-16 lead in the third quarter. Unfortunately, the freshman had a pair of costly interceptions after that, including a pick six and another one that led to a go-ahead touchdown for the Hokies. Buckner suffered an apparent leg injury on that play. And it result that the, the play that resulted in the second pick, and he did not return. So Jack Cohn came back into the game, and he led two scoring drives in the final four minutes. And kicker Jonathan Dorr drilled the game-winning field goal from 48 yards out. I mean, look, this was one of them games where uh, you didn't know if they were going to recover from that loss to Cincinnati last week. Jack Cohn was was not great. Nine for 12, 108 yards with the one tutty. Uh, Tyler Buckner, six for 14, 113 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. And uh, Kyron Williams, 19 carries for 81 yards and a touchdown. 
look um you know we didn't see a ton of I, I was just worried about this they did spread the ball around quite a bit like i said uh earlier you know avery davis did have that touchdown three receptions for 64 yards and i was worried that it was going to be all over for for the for the irish uh come down in the last minute and the thing is, is that this game was not on regular tv it was on the acc network which they're they play their basketball we talked about them in in their conference last week their the rest of their athletics plays in the acc so for whatever reason they decided because it was a Hokies home game the irish were not on on regular tv they were not on nbc so i actually listened to this game on the radio and i'm pacing back and forth in my basement like it's you know 1967 bro <laughs> so you you uh made a groove in your basement then on the floor you got from pacing back and forth <laughs> You know, you know that concrete is dented right now. Uh, Brian Kelly, <laughs> Brian Kelly did come out and talked about uh, how proud he was and, and what kind of victory this was and, and what it meant to this team. I've been in a lot of games, uh, coached a lot of games, but I don't know that I've ever coached a group of guys that had such um, resolve and mental toughness that, regardless of the situation, they just kept playing. Uh, unfazed um, by the circumstances. Look, last week they got their dicks kicked in the dirt by Ouch. Cincy, and this was a nice comeback win, like I said. It helped them hold on to a chance of being able to play in one of the big New Year's bowl, Day bowl games. A second loss would, would have likely knocked them out of consideration for one of them games. So what is your expectation for this team? I mean, obviously, this is a rebuilding year for the Irish. The fact that they're winning games is, is a plus right now. They have a, cor- uh, a quarterback carousel right now with guys getting hurt left and right. Hey, you get in. No, you get hurt. All right, you get in. No, no, you're hurt. You get in. I mean, at this point, e, you're about to be get your number called. Look, Jack Cohn is the guy that they brought over uh, uh, from Wisconsin. That's why it was such a big, uh, important game for when they did play Wisconsin. You know, they, they have the freshman. Every team has this. If you look at Oklahoma, for example, you got Spencer Brettler, who I talked before about that show QB1 on Netflix where Justin Fields was on there. Well, Spencer Rattler was another one of the quarterbacks, the big-name quarterbacks, and he came into the season as a Heisman favorite, and he's over there in Oklahoma, and he's been sucking it up. I mean, last year in the Red River Showdown against uh, Texas, he got taken out of the game. This year in the Red River Showdown against Texas, he got taken out of the game again, and he got replaced with a, with, with a backup who is a freshman. So you never know when it comes to these quarterbacks. They're moving around all the time. This is a very similar uh, uh, example where they have guys that can come in, the young guys who ne- they know is the future of the team for the next couple of years. And Cone is over here trying to make a name for himself, so he'll get drafted in the NFL. Now, how good is this team? Look, this is just as good as any other Notre Dame team. It's not like they're world killers. It's not like they're world beaters. They go out there and play who's in front of them. But, I mean, I don't think that if you're being a realistic Notre Dame fan, I don't think you ever really truly expect them to compete with the big schools, the Clemsons, the Alabamas, schools like that. Mm-hmm. You just hope that you can get in and make you know make some noise at, along the way and, and hopefully knock off a couple of these known schools like the Hokies and stuff like that. Cincinnati, which is actually doing a really good job this year and you're just hoping like i said to make one of them big bowl games because to them that is like a championship game there's so many schools in college that play football that making one of those big six uh is a big deal well that's great so so you're expecting a bowl game out of these guys i mean well i expect them to play one of the you know you got what the the, i don't know cotton bowl sugar bowl orange bowl bowls yeah so many bowls yeah you know what i mean like the, the 
to the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> Whatever. So I mean, one, one of these bigger bowls game, and I mean, I think I think if you're a realistic Notre Dame fan, that's what you're expecting, or that's what you're hoping for every year, because you know they, they've played a Alabama a couple times in in, in the uh, in the championship, and they, you know, like I said, my my favorite phrase, they got their dicks kicked in the dirt, Jesus and uh, that that's the John Lester thing right there. Um, yeah, I mean. Be happy that your team is doing decent and gives you something entertaining to watch on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. So the, the next the next game they play, they actually get a break this Saturday. They host their longtime rival USC on October 23rd. So that's always a game I look uh, forward to, you know, forever and ever going back to Reggie Bush and Matt Leinard and all these other cats. So, I mean, it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting game to see that when they but at least finally they get a break because I'll tell you what. When you go down their schedule so far, every team that they've played had a bye week before. So they actually had two weeks to prepare, and Notre Dame's still been doing their thing except for last week in Cincy. So, hey, um, what is going on (laughs) with Chicago's Big Ten team? The Northwestern Wildcats had a bye. So they will host. Yeah, so no wins, no losses. So they host Rutgers next week uh, on Saturday, 10-16. Yeah. All right. So what about what about your other favorite team, the Fighting Illini? <laughs> oh, those cats ain't fighting nobody, man. <laughs> they better stay home. Illinois sucks. Wisconsin blew them out, twenty-four to zero. It should have been a lot more, but Wisconsin's not even that good either. Uh, these bumps don't deserve any time. So let's move on to a championship caliber team, the Chicago Sky. Stevens and Griner will jump it up, and the twenty twenty-one WNBA Finals are underway. The Chicago Sky took on the Red Hot Mercury uh, in Phoenix to kick off the best of five WNBA Finals this past Sunday, hoping to keep their Cinderella story on track to hoist the trophy for the first time. The Chicago uh, Sky overcame seven straight losses earlier this year at the end of the regular season, which they ended up at 16-16 and 16 before stunning the top seed Connecticut Sun in the semifinals and will not need everything in their arsenal to avoid repeating history after the Mercury swept them in 2014 finals. So, here's a quick recap of the game. So, look, uh, Mercury, this the the Phoenix Mercury, this is not like some whatever team. You got Diana Diana uh, Taurasi, Diana Taurasi, and Brittany Griner, who are yep. two of the best players in the WNBA. So they're going to have to pull out all the stops, but they are doing a great job, um, and they managed to take away the victory in game one. Quigley over to Copper, a three. Truth! Aliyah Copper, another 20-point game in these playoffs. Game one of the 2021 WNBA Finals belongs to the sky. 91-77 the final. That's that's a blowout in the NBA, WNBA, man. That, that is an absolute blowout. Yeah, I was like literally at the bar. Uh, and I was like, I need the, I need the, I need this guy on one of these TVs. They're like, what? Like, yeah, this guy. It's the, it's the WNBA Finals. You've got to put a major uh, uh, event on one of these TVs. I know there, there's yes. 25 TVs here. One of them can be this guy. Uh, so Courtney Vandersloot took care of the ball and made WNBA Finals history in Game One. She finished with zero turnovers. She's the first player in WNBA Finals history with 10 points, 10 assists, five rebounds, and zero turnovers in a game. Talk about a baller. Hey, it's impressive because you look at who is on this team. I mean, 
you know, we expect that the hometown kid is going to do her thing. And, uh, you know, they have a lot of good players. And I think they're kind of uh, underrated. I, I think I, I feel like maybe some of these uh, other WNBA teams maybe took them for granted and think they were going to get some easy wins off of them. Well, yeah, I mean, the record doesn't really represent who they are. They had a lot of injuries throughout the season. And I think like towards the end of the season, that seven game loss, uh, lo- losing streak and, and, and putting uh, the whole team together and actually playing. It, that changed the dynamic to get everybody healthy and then playing. Uh, the Sky scores hit double figures, including Cooper, who had con- uh, continued her strong playoff push with a double-double in Game 1, scoring 21 points, hauling down 10 rebounds. Cor- uh, Courtney Vandersloot was uh, also, we just talked about it, was banged up in the fourth quarter, but had a strong game overall. She also put a double-double. Um, and let's see, uh, Stevens and Candace Parker, both who... We're going to be uh, tasked with trying to stop a dominant Mercury squad on the board. Certainly just did that. They both had eight rebounds apiece. Uh, Parker chipped in with 16 points. This is the I love watching women's basketball at an elite uh, level just because it's so fundamentally sound. Uh, and there's not as uh, there's not flopping like in the NBA. It's it's more pure. It's like it's like watching college basketball for men. It's a little bit more pure and more more fun to watch. Well, because they, you know, in the in the NBA, they know that they can get away with it, like it's you know Euro League soccer. So I mean, mm-hmm. they'll sit there and try. I mean, look at look at LeBron right there, LaFlop. Um, and 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 when it really comes down to it, I mean, you look at most NBA fans that don't like the Lakers or don't like LeBron. It's because of that, you know what I mean? Like you see a guy that's so dominant and he's falling all over the place. So it's great to see not just the team that we know, but a local team with some local uh, uh, talent on it. You know, go out there and do the thing. Candace Parker, she's been in, in the league for a long time. She was with, what, L.A. for like 10 years. She comes mm-hmm. home, and she's doing her thing. So, look, hey, props. I hope they can keep this up and, and bring home this title. Like I said before, as a girl dad who has a daughter who plays sports, it's great to see, like I said, a local kid go for go for the whole thing here, and, and hopefully they'll bring it home, man. Yeah, I hope so. So, they have, they have what, the next game, home game is on Friday, I believe. Uh, so... Sure. Go out and support. I know that a lot of the, the local teams are supporting, like the Bulls are supporting. A lot of uh, uh, big names are, are showing up to the game. So go out and support well, and the then, Sky. And they also, yeah, absolutely go out and support him. And then the funny thing is you you saw Candace Parker in the pregame walking up to the stadium yeah. wearing, I want to say, Cleo Mack jersey. So that was pretty cool, too. So, you know, hey, that's the Chicago kid right there. Yeah, it sure is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back with three up and three down after a word from our sponsor. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. We all know that 2020 was no joke. And with an ever-changing world climate, many people are looking for a new opportunity. Guys, are you looking for a career that rewards effort and makes you feel valued as a team member? Let me tell you a little about our friends at ACSI. ACSI is a certified RCN business agent. They provide the same RCN services with a personalized touch. Their sales and technician teams work hand-in-hand, ensuring your experience will be smooth and pleasant. Gone are the days of being transferred from one person to the next. At ACSI, they handle everything from start to finish. It's never been so easy to get internet service. ACSI is a growing Chicagoland company that encourages personal growth and rewards perseverance. As they expand, they're looking for passionate, responsible, and honest professionals to join their team. A career with ACSI means you'll be part of a hardworking, flexible, and dynamic team that is a leader in the installation of cable and internet services in the Chicagoland area. 
best of all, ACSI was awarded Hacia's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. Are you ready to grow with a local Chicago company on the rise? Check out ACSI.tech and click on careers to get started. That's ACSI.tech and click on careers. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's time to touch bases with our baseball teams. This is three up and three down. I think I'll perplex him with my slow ball. One, two, three strikes. Out. All right, man. It's playoff time. I'm not even going to mention the Cubs because I'm giving you the floor once again. So here we go. postseason home run for Leury Garcia, the longest tenured member on this roster, has just put the White Sox back in front. After five unanswered by Houston, Chicago has five here in the bottom of the third. The Chicago White Sox were down 0-2 coming out of Houston, but have no fear. Big Z is here. That's right, people. I had to get off my ass, off the bar stool, and headed over to the G spot to set this fucking ship right. All right, Tim Anderson had the fifth three-hit game of his six-game postseason career, and he's now 16 for 29 in three games against the A's last year in the wildcard series and three against the Astros this year. The 16 hits are the most by any player in a six-game span in the postseason. 14 of those hits are singles. Yeah, that's right. He, Anderson is, you know, as long as he goes, we go. And he is the table setter for the team. You saw that in Houston when he was not hitting. The team had no clue what to do offensively. And you just heard Louis Garcia's 436-foot go-ahead three-run homer was longest of his career. Garcia, the longest tenure Sox player, was a GOAT in Game 2 for misplaying a deep uh, drive in the game. And like it was a cha- game-changing double. Garcia faced two Garcias in that at bat, Luis and Yimi. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we talk, we we don't really talk about Leary, Leary, Yeah, sure, Larry, Larry Garcia. You know, I mean, we don't really talk about him because we're looking at TA, we're looking at TS. I said TA, and we're talking about Eloy, and we talk about Lou Bob, and we talk about you know Gasmani Grandal and all these pitchers. But hey, Garcia's been there the longest, and good for him, man. I mean, that was some showing out. That, it's very professional of him because he said you have to leave the pass in the pass and you know what I when I saw him in the lineup I was pretty pissed off because I was like why are we playing him out there but then again here we go Larusa the fucking uh, uh, wizard of uh, you know the bozo show <laughs> fucking sleeping in there and he's making the right moves again maybe he fell asleep in the first two games because he put a fastball pitcher versus the best, best fastball hitting team in the major leagues and then uh, you know they really just gave up game one game two it was a little bit more competitive but again he's making these moves and you're like what the fuck are you doing so 
The, the pitching staff showed up. Michael Kopech, Ryan Tapera, Aaron Bummer, Craig Kimbrell, and Liam Hendricks combined to retire 16 consecutive Astro hitters in Game 3. The cheating bums couldn't do shit last night, and the bats woke up for the south side. And it's Hendricks facing Aledmis Diaz, who swings at the first pitch and sends it to center. One away in the ninth. Straight gas from Hendricks. 3-2. Here's my best heater, Jason Castro. Hit it if you can. Blows it right by him. There will be a game four. They're first. That sound is so sweet. I love hearing those fireworks at the end of the game because it just solidifies it. You just whooped your ass. Uh, Sunday's crowd of over 40,000 dressed in black for effect uh, got down and nasty with the Astros second baseman Jose Altuve for chanting, fuck Altuve. Yes, I was part of that. And um, their favorite target for venting the disdain of the Astros sign-stealing scandal from 27, uh, 2017 and 2018. When uh, LaRusso was asked... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Look, uh, it was interesting because you did hear a little bit of rumblings about them and what they were doing. And and like I said earlier on, when they were getting ready to head into the postseason, they already sent some advanced scouts before the end of the regular season to see if they saw any shady shit going on uh, with the Astros. So, you know, this doesn't surprise me. And it's funny because Altuve is the one that getting the most of the brunt of this because of the whole shirt thing. Mm -hmm. And... uh, None of the players on that team really got punished whatsoever. I mean, it's kind of, it's still kind of wild to me that that happened and and there was no consequence whatsoever. So the thing that's frustrating to me about the Astros is the fact that they are a good team. I looked forward to seeing them. I was glad that they won a couple years ago and it's shitty that it came out later that 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 they were doing all this shady shit and but I was I was happy for them at the time. I can't, you know, I'm not rooting for him now. You know what I mean? I can't now with the White Sox, but it's just, it's disappointing to see that uh, that all that all came out in the wash. And and I don't blame Sox fans who are going out there and going fuck Altuve. So could, I'm, could you hear that? On, y'all. Could y'all hear? Could you hear it on TV? I, look, I had to, I had it on the background because I was watching football at the same time. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But I mean, it was loud. That ballpark was electric it was loud and every time he came up or even the uh who was in who was in the outfield breckman or something like that was in uh, uh in left field he was getting the business from everybody there um funny enough we had one astro fan sitting directly in front of me and i was like really dude really you're by yourself i mean he was quiet the whole game <laughs> He's, he's allowed to go to the game and leave the man alone. He's allowed to go to the game. And it's just, I was like, literally, just don't talk any shit, bro. Because, you know, they, they really went over there at, at uh, Minute Maid Park, whatever it's called now. They really went after some White Sox fans over there and they uh, sucker punched them. I don't know if you saw that video. Yeah, it was, yeah, I saw that little bit right there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it's the playoffs and, and uh, you know, people in Texas, pew, 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 they're all wild anyway. So, I mean, fuck <laughs> All right, so uh, Larusa was asked about the uh, the chance, <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, like, I got no problem with it. You know, as long as they show up, as long as the fans show up, um, <laughs> it's he's like, there's nothing I can do about that. Pretty much, as long as the fans are showing up, they can cheer wherever the hell they want. It's America." Uh, Larusa also said that the um, 
that the electricity created by the crowd was a topic of discussion in the dugout late in the game when fans usually often pack up and head home, especially during a game that wasn't close. And this was one one night one night before a work day, the crowd was treated to one of the most memorable games at Guaranteed Rate Field in recent memory. Uh, it was four and a half hours. It was it was long. It was long. It, it was it was a long game, and the only thing that made it feel not so long was the fact that that Kansas City and Buffalo game had a long delay. So I mean, they were kind of both going at the same time, which gave me a little bit of a break, a little <laughs> bit of a break after watching football and uh, and working on the, on the show all uh, all day yesterday. So. Look, I was uh, I was looking forward to another game on Monday today. So right, uh, I, I wish they would have played, but uh, the the weather did not play nice with that either. So hopefully tomorrow they can pull out that victory, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see what happens, man. Yeah. So your boy, uh, uh, right-handed pitcher Ryan Tapera, randomly he was ran, randomly suggesting that the Astros might have been up to some, some sketchy shit or old tricks on the Dowley ramp up the hostiles against the White Sox at MMA Park. Um, and he had a little bit something to say about, you know, what's going on. It's a different game here at our field. You know, you play at Minute Maid and, you know, they're, they're doing something over there that's a little different. You know, it shows you how many uh, swings and misses they had tonight compared to Minute Maid. So that's why you have home field advantage. And, you know, tomorrow we look tomorrow and, you know, we got another home field advantage. So we're ready to go. We can say that it's a, a little bit of a difference. You know, I think you saw the swings and misses tonight compared to, uh, you know, the first two games of Minimate, but that's not really the story, you know. Um, we come here to play, you know, we're going to compete. We're not even going to worry about what they're going to do. Um, all we have to do is execute pitches and they can't hit them anyways. Well, those are some heavy accusations, you know. Um, I mean, we're about the same runs, OPS and everything as we are, well, actually better on the road than we are at home. And, uh, so uh, then I, I think they're actually better at home than they are, you know, on the road. And so um, no, I don't have much, you know, response to that other than I was listening to Eric Clapton this morning. And uh, yeah. Okay. That's enough for Dusty. Um, so, hey, whoa, go ahead. I'm going to give you that up. time. So here, here's the thing. Tapera, former Cub. Talking shit. I, have you ever heard? I've never heard this guy talk before. I, I didn't know what the hell I was expecting out of his voice. I don't know, but um, I will I will say this: Dusty Baker, who we talked about last week, was Zambrano. He is one of the most respected men in baseball. That's the reason why they gave him that position because they knew that that he would help to clean up the image. And I I cannot put any of that on Dusty whatsoever. If they got something else shady going on, Dusty's an old man. You see him out there with his mask and his rubber gloves because, you know, COVID. Um, but I, I can't... Dusty's out there talking about, you know, it's strong accusations, and it definitely is. I cannot put this on Dusty Baker. If they got something else shady going on, that's different. But I, I, I will not sit here <laughs> and blame this on Dusty. No, Dusty has, really has nothing to do with it. And the problem with uh, with the Astros now, they have not given him a, uh, a contract extension for as good as a job he's been doing and all the shit he's been taking because of all the leftover residuals of the of the cheating scandal. So, you know, obviously they hired him for a reason because he's respected around, around the whole league. And he's going to, you know, he's in the playoffs and he's a sitting dunk. He, he should have a contract extension, but 
that's a conversation for the uh, Astros podcast and not our podcast. So the White Sox have the best home record in the American League. And uh, welcome one more boost on Tuesday afternoon. That is if the crowd's willing to do it again. So y'all show up. Get that place rocking. That's actually what catcher Yasmani Grandel said. He said the place was rocking. Hopefully we'll have it tomorrow again and we'll keep it rocking and keep it going. Um, a couple notes for some from Sunday's leftovers. The run scored in a 12-6 win in Game 3 Sunday are the second most in a postseason game in franchise history. The 16 hits were a franchise postseason record as well. Before Grandal homered in the third inning, the White Sox had 20 consecutive singles to begin the postseason, the longest such streak in MLB history, breaking the previous streak of 19 singles by the 2008 Angels. So now, given that we have an extra day of rest to do the postponement of the weather, the Houston Astros will now start Lance McCullens Jr., the Game 1 starter, uh, who is a beast. He's, so he's going to start tomorrow against the White Sox. It was been announced, so they made that change. Uh, game four starter for us is going to be Carlos Rodon. So hopefully he is 100% and can give us everything he's got. I think the reason that they end up going with Rodon, even with this uh, unscheduled day off, is the fact that in game one, Lance versus Lance. Well, Lance McCullers definitely took that. My big concern is now we look at game one. You saw Lance Lynn not able to really get it going and kind of faltering. And we saw the game three starter, Dylan Cease, kind of have the same issue. You know what I mean? Right. So when, when you're going to need Rodon to show up and show out because that if you plan on going any further in this postseason, you're going to need to know that you can count on a, a different guy than Lance Lynn or, or Dylan Cease because right now in their first uh, postseason start of this season, they ain't getting it done, bro. No, they're really not. And to be honest with you, tomorrow, every pitcher should be in the bullpen. Everyone is available. It's a do or die yeah. game. It's a do or die game. And you know what? If Carlos Rodon can give us one, three, five, or seven innings, I'm happy with it because I, I believe in our bullpen and I believe in everyone else that you can put out there. You still have Lopez that's available. You have Tapera's a, a, a motherfucker that can pitch all day. Uh, you can put Hendricks anywhere. He's got that intensity. He can pitch anywhere. And I still, like I said, and you've also uh, agreed with me that uh, uh, Kimbrough should be the closer. Hey, Kim, you notice that, that Kimbrough really gets fired up for the end of the game and that's where he does his best work so mm -hmm. i know that a lot of white Sox fans have given us cubs fans shit saying that we stole players because you know uh kimbrell has been garbage since he's been the white Sox. you put him in a high leverage situation he does pretty well um but you know that's just not what he's he's not used to being the the setup guy so you got a couple of guys in that bullpen who can stretch it out and that's what, I, what we talked about before the start of this postseason. It is important for a guy like Kopech, for a guy like Crochet, to come out of that. Now, I, I think we both agree that at some point, whether it's next year or the following year, we think that Kopech is going to be a long-term starter. So this is where you see, does he have that blood, you know, that, that ice in his veins? Is he going to be able to come in in a high leverage situation when your starter went up there and gave up a couple runs and you got to recover? Because you, like I said, the postseason, you're down by a couple runs. It's time to go. It and is. You got to, you got to be able to come in and, and do that. Now it's different coming out of the bullpen and trying to recover, you know, versus starting at the beginning of the game. You got a guy like Lopez who you've seen do really well starting, but 
again the key for this series is going to be what rodan does in game four it is rodan's got to set the table and be dominant because the last time he had uh let's see i think anything over five innings was like uh july 27th or something like that so he's had like a tired arm and his last outing versus cincinnati it was a good outing but it's cincinnati i mean they have some good at bats but they're not the astros at all so what i expect from uh rodan is for him to come out and show his dominance and i hopefully he has the velocity that he had all year and the control to go along with it because if he doesn't you're gonna see a, a bullpen day of everybody being emptied out of the bullpen and it to be honest with you the bats have to be there again the bats have to be there. oh 100 percent. and and that's the thing is that you know we know that they have the what the best uh home record in in the al all season but you have to still go and play a game five assuming they win game four you have to go and play a game five in houston and you need a starter who's going to be able to carry you whether it's going to be lance lynn uh, I don't, I mean, like I said, I don't think we yeah. can rely on, on Dylan Cease or Lance Lynn. So, I mean, who, who are you going to start? You're going to start Lopez? I mean, uh, who are you going to start in that game five? Game five is going to be Giolito. It's got to be Giolito. Okay. Because it can't be Lance Lynn at all. No, it, I, I don't trust Lance Lynn. No. How not, can you? No, not, not against the Astros. So, Wednesday. So, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. So, those are going to be important games. Let's get let's get the, through Tuesday, get that win. And then Wednesday, let's get another win. It can be done. People have faith in your team. Go support your team. Watch it. Uh, if you can, go to the game tomorrow. I know it's an early game. I think it's a 120 game. Go out there and cheer your ass off. Uh, look, uh, we all know that I'm a Cubs fan. I got the Cubs hat on right now. I got the W flag behind me. I got the jersey in front of me. Let's go White Sox. Let's do it do it and let's get let's get the white Sox to the world series let's get the chicago guy the uh, chicago sky to win a championship let's let's get some double champions in in october yeah and hey if we can get the bears in the playoffs that'll be a plus i think the bears can do it you just gotta be consistent and they're gonna need montgomery to come back uh, soon and uh don't forget we got green bay coming up so that's gonna be a tricky game that sure will be all right y'all we'll be right back with stirring a pot after a word from our sponsor I think I'll perplex him with my slow ball. One, two, three, strike, you're out. Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15% off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's that time again, brother. You know what time Uh-oh. it is. It's oh, time for stirring a pot. All right, brother. What do you got for us this week? All right, I got a very interesting topic for you, sir. If let's let's say let's say let's put a scenario out there. Right? Oh boy, I'm scared. The Cubs, the Cubs, and the White Sox make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. 
the White Sox get to the AL finals and they don't make it. Okay. They get they lose. Okay. The Cubs make it to the World Series. Yeah. Are you Cub uh, Sox fan rooting for the Cubs in that World Series? I am cuz I'm not a hater. You know me. I am not a hater. Plus I have like we talked about this in t- about the 2016. You had people that you've lost that were Cub fans and you want to see that for them. And it's a little different if they're doing it again, but Chicago over everybody. So you cheer for your city no matter what. Don't be an asshole. I'm like, oh, they're the Cubs, and my, if it's not my team, fuck them. No, well, you know what? It's Chicago over everybody. Right now, everyone's cheering for the Sky, the White Sox, the Bulls, the Blackhawks. You cheer for everybody except for the fucking Illini. <laughs> hey, uh, listen up. <laughs> Get your bandwagon ass the fuck out of my team. <laughs> Oh, I knew you were gonna turn this on me. I knew it. Uh, no, no, man, I'm, I'm just fucking with you, man. I, I, look, hey, uh, but now here, now I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you a part two, a part two scenario. Oh boy, would you wear Cubs gear? No, to to no. a game, no. to a game no. in Chicago at Wrigley. Nope. nope. I will wear my, mm-hmm. uh, I will wear my that, that Chicago hat that I have. That's in, uh, that's a dark blue with the red outlet. I will wear that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I am not wearing okay. cup gear. But I will cheer your team if I get to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to cheer. You're going to root for them, but you you will not wear a, a, a Cubs jersey jersey that says Chicago across the front. I'm not wearing a Cubs jersey. Yeah, okay, yeah. So you see, you see, that's 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 a hater right there. I'm not a hater. That's a hate. I don't want to be. You're still. You just said I'm a team. bandwagon. What's the difference between wearing a jersey and rooting for the team? If you're there to support the team, if you're there to support the team, why wouldn't you wear a, the the team's colors? Uh, did you wear a White Sox gear to the, the Sox game you went to? You, you, you did you wear? I wore, I, I wore black and white, and I wore my true Chicago sports fans hoodie. Yeah, you did. But you can see my profile picture, right? And, and I, I stuck a big sign that says Chicago, and I took a picture. Right. Right. And I'll do this. I'll do right. the same thing. I'll wear Cubs and I, colors. And I don't. And, and I don't. I don't own any so- uh, White Sox. And it, it was also a. Uh, it was just a regular season home game. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a a playoff game. <laughs> Always a caveat. Always a caveat. It's, it's true. <laughs> it's true. I don't have. I don't have no Sox gear. All right then. I don't have. No, hey, we we've discussed. Uh, you know, White Sox hats and shit like that. Like I've seen hats that I like that I that I would wear. You know what I mean? Yeah. So hey, I actually do own two Cubs jerseys. One is a Ryan Samer because I want to get it signed because uh, he was my favorite Cub growing up. And I have the the softball. Uh, I have like seven different softball jerseys, uh, MOP jerseys. So I have the Brewers. I have the Astros. I have the Cubs. The Cubs is the, the dark blue one with the little white bear and a big mm-hmm. C on it. Yeah. So I have that whole that whole get up. You've never worn that jersey? I've worn that jersey. Oh, so you have worn Cubs gear. That's all I needed to know, bro. That's all. That's all I wanted to get out of you because I knew that deep down in your heart, you're you're a Cubs fan. That's what it is. I am hey, a, I'm a Chicago fan. There you go. All right, man. Before we go, what you looking at? What have you been watching that isn't sports? Uh, you know what? It's been a crazy week. So the only thing that I was able to watch, uh, somewhat, was the beginning of the Chappelle. Uh, uh, special on Netflix so I got mm-hmm. up to about the 15-20 minute mark and then fell asleep twice so I need to finish watching that uh, the only reason I fell asleep because I was tired and it, it's been a long week of events but um, I, I didn't find it as funny as the, as the other ones 
but he does he's he's he always makes um his comedy is more it's a smart comedy where he he's teaching you uh kind of like george carlin so uh, i really enjoy Chappelle, and uh, he's not gonna get canceled people so i watched it uh, for the second time literally right before we recorded today's show um because i watched i had it on before but today i kind of sat there and and i listened to it and a lot of it yes he does make a lot of jokes um but one thing that that he does make clear is that it is a performance mm-hmm like um, it's a performance just like singing a song just like painting a picture it is an art form and if you don't understand what he's doing and what he's trying to accomplish and what he's trying to say with his words then you don't deserve him because this right here it wasn't like the knee slapper comedy type of thing where you hear silly jokes like you know you hear with fluffy or or one of these other uh, guys that just like sit there and force feed you like silly shit Chappelle will give it to you for real and and you know he even tells you he goes oh it's gonna get a lot worse than than that (laughs) and uh a lot of the a lot of the show was about um his interactions and his relationships with trans people um and and one person in particular so you know as long as you're not a hater as long as you don't have hate in your heart go out there watch this special it was very good um and uh you have to you have to go in there with a clear mind and, and don't have any bias about what you think you're going to see and what he says. Take it with a grain of salt and absorb it and and learn how to react to it versus uh, you know just automatically having that hate in your heart and knowing that you're not going to like it because if you if you come at it that way you will just f- flat out will not like it. So um, I watched the Ted Lasso finale. Oh yeah, uh, the last what is what is it, the, the last uh, last episode of season two. Yeah, did you it, get a chance? It, it, I watched it. It is phenomenal. Um, and then at the end, that twist at the end, that I was like, "Wow, okay." Now, now we got, now we got the next season. That it's going to be really yeah. good. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for what's going to happen next season. Um, you know, it, it was. Uh, you could, if you kind of paid attention to what was going on, you could kind of see it coming. Um, I, I was kind of blindsided by it because i wasn't paying that much attention because it was a lot of other things to distract me like what was going on with sam and all that stuff but uh but definitely and the other thing that i watched was snl with kim kardashian ladies and gentlemen now i did tell you that i was going to give you a little bit of review about uh the show and and uh she was actually a lot better and a lot funnier now uh, than i expected now don't forget you know she is reading cue cards but the uh her little um her monologue was actually pretty good. Oh. Thank you guys so much. I'm Kim Kardashian West, and it's so great to be here tonight. I know, I'm surprised to see me here too. When they asked, uh, I was like, you want me to host? Why? I haven't had a movie premiere in a really long time. I mean, actually, I only had that one movie come out and no one told me it was even premiering. It must have slipped my mom's mind. I think we all know what movie she's talking about. <laughs> wow, that was actually good. I'll watch it. I'll watch it later. Her her and her co-star Ray J. If you have not seen that, go ahead and uh, put it in the gold Google machine. But uh she did <laughs> she had another really good uh joke to come out during that monologue. Now, you know, my father was and still is such an influence and inspiration to me, and I credit him with really opening up my eyes to racial injustice. It's because of him that I met my first black person. Want to take a stab in the dark at who it was? Um, I know it 
sort of weird to remember the first black person you met, but OJ does leave a mark. Or several. Or none at all. I still don't know. Classic SNL OJ jokes. You know, yes. I mean, like, if you don't call up <laughs> some Norm McDonald when you hear that. That's an then, homage uh, to Norm. Yeah, that, that was an homage to Norm. That, uh, uh, shout out to the writers who put that in there for Norm uh, and, and just tied it in with, with Kim because, you know, that was the family that defended uh, OJ. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. Robert Kardashian was one of his lawyers. And, uh, Interestingly enough, we I was talking about it with my wife a little bit, and we were trying to, you know, she says she's been watching these conspiracy theories and reading stories online, and she thinks that OJ's son did it. Ooh, yeah. So that's uh, do a little bit of a uh, deep deep digging on the uh, the dark web there and see what you come up with because that's an interesting theory, um, and and the whole thing with him going in the Bronco to kind of distract uh, so his son could get away and all this stuff. It's uh it's a solid theory why hey if the glove don't fit you must have quit that's mm. another reason why the dna so there's a lot of clues kind of little breadcrumbs leading up to uh this theory it's it's interesting <laughs> i'm not touching that one. <laughs> oh, why not you just take a stab at it <laughs> and we're back all right y'all that is it for today thank you so much for listening a big thank you to our sponsors 606 media true chicago sports fans acsi and grit clothing company don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official tcsf podcast t-shirt search for keyword true chicago and use our promo code truefan15 at checkout for 15 percent off of your entire order that's truefan15 go and get your shirts right now right now don't forget to visit our our friends over at acsi.tech and check out their career sections to start an exciting new career in the communications industry go to acsi.tech that's acsi.tech and click on careers to apply today i want to give a shout out to my homie my big z's <laughs> for for bringing on Carlos Zambrano last week. Uh, shout out to you, man. That, that was good. Uh, pulling a couple of strings for me and, and bringing in one of my favorite players from back in the day. We didn't talk about it a little bit uh, too much last week, but I, I'll give you a shout out for that. And, and I appreciate you doing that for me. No, man. It, first of all, I mean, Zambrano is a, a bad motherfucker. Let's put it that way. He, he, when he pitched, I watched. Um, he was one of my favorite people because he actually, I think he was at my sister's eighth grade graduation at the Diego. So he was in the crowd. What? Yeah, he was in the crowd. I forgot. I forgot to mention to it because you know we had limited amount of time. Um, but he was there, and I, and I did get to meet him at, at that point. Um, but obviously, he wouldn't remember that. But you know, um, yeah, I had to pull some strings, and it, I had to. I had to. I mean, we had to get a good Cubs player, and um, you know, you're always saying you always get socks people. So a little change Which is of, true. Yeah, it's true. So we get a little change of direction. I mean, hey, I hit up the Cubs people, and they just don't respond. They're too big for their britches there. So it is what it is. Cubs, Cubs is, I mean, Carlos is, is, is a humble person, a really nice guy. Um, and uh, I hope that we can have him on in the future again. And uh, I'll keep uh, working my magic and see what, who else I can get on the show. Yeah, man. Like I said, I, you know, I appreciate you for doing that. You know, all, all the work that we put into the show. You know, when we had the uh, our, our anniversary show in the in the summer and Nicola and all that stuff. So I mean, you know, 
Uh, shout out, shout out to you for that one. And uh, also shout out to our friends at the Some of This and Some of That podcast uh, with Coach Mo and Justice. Uh, new episodes are now available on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to check out the Shine Native Radio podcast now available on all major platforms. Mike Logic, Ideal, Throw MC, and Words talk about sports, movies, and all types of ill shit. Go and check them out right now. Shout out to Ronesh, Panic, and our new beats from the homie Serious Beats for all the stuff that we played on today's show. Check out PanicOnTheBeat.com for all your Moment merch and gear. And make sure you check out Serious Beats' website, PRODBySerious.com. That's PRODBySerious.com to check out all of his music. Don't forget to check us out on social media. You can find us at True Shy Fans on Twitter. That's at True CHI Fans on Twitter and on TikTok. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and reach out to us on our email, our DMs, our messaging. Hit us up. Tell us about your story, the pod ideas, your movie recommendations, and tell us what you think about the show. You can email us at TrueChicagoSportsFans at gmail.com. All right, y'all. For Big Z, this is E-Rock. We will see you next week for episode 67. Until then, be good to each other. For the love of sports. Let's go, 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 White Sox. We're with you all the way. You're always in there fighting and you do your best. Glad to have you out there in the Middle West. We're gonna root, 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 root White Sox and cheer you on to victory. When we're in the stands, we'll make those rafters ring. All through the season, you will hear us sing. Let's go, go, go White Sox. Chicago's proud. Oh, well, there's strikes two and three right there. A few moments later. Talk about Leary. Leary. You have a lot of incest. That's real. Hit. Jesus. Tim Anderson had. Hit. All right. You want me to take this one? No, I got it. I just got to read, <laughs> read and be able to talk at the same time, apparently. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. <laughs> Hasta luego, amigos. Show's over, show's over, show's over.